Hey fellow nerds, I'm Megan Smiley and this is the Lawyer's Escape Pod. For those of you who've gotten into practice, looked around and thought, so this is my life? I get it. You're in deep and you feel stuck. You may have no idea what the next step would be, or maybe you have an idea, but think it's unrealistic. I truly believe that there's a path forward for each of us if we're intentional about finding it. And this podcast will be a great source of advice and inspiration for you to make that leap to a more fulfilling career. Before I jump into the episode today, I wanted to let everybody know about an event I'm co-hosting this month. If you're anything like me, you've been horrified to see the apocalyptic scenes coming from Australia. I couldn't even watch some of the videos with animals. It just broke my heart. So a few like-minded friends and I have partnered with the International Fund for Animal Welfare for a fundraiser here in New York. The proceeds will go specifically to Help for Wildlife Victoria to fund the outfitting of mobile vet units. I'll put the details and a link for tickets on Instagram when it's ready, which will hopefully be soon. Uh, But it's going to be Thursday, February 20th from 6 to 9 at Sister City, which is a great location. And I think it's going to be $65 per ticket, and that will include a drink ticket or two. So overall, it's a pretty good deal for a great cause, and I will be there. So if any of you do come, uh, please come find me and say hi. Okay. Back to business. My guest today is Angela Hahn. She's corporate counsel at Health Pro Heritage, runs her own company, Angela Hahn Health, and hosts the podcast Fit to Practice. I don't know about you, but I'm tired just reading all of it. <laughs> Angela gives us some great tips on how to devote time to a side hustle you love while you're still practicing. She's not looking to move out of law completely, and maybe you'd find a balance as she has. Or maybe you take her approach as a stepping stone towards leaving practice completely. Either way, she really shows us what it means to purposefully build the life you want. And we get some tips on how to be a lawyer and be healthy, which is not always a natural combination. Hi, Angela. Welcome. Hi, Megan. Thank you for having me. Oh, thank you for being here. Um, All right. So... Why don't we start with you telling us a little bit about your background and what you do now? Um, so I am a I'm a healthcare lawyer. I'm an in-house counsel at a healthcare company in Baltimore. Actually, it's a little bit outside of Baltimore, um, north of Baltimore. During the day and uh, most other times, like in the weekends and the evenings, I'm a health coach and a personal trainer. And um, I think that's it. <laughs> just just, just that you just have three jobs (laughs) slash four kind of which we'll get into with your podcast but um Um. (laughs) so um so what prompted you you know to get into something beyond your legal job um I think I I exposed um myself to having uh more than one job um i don't know i think it was about i think i think i always wanted to be a lawyer to sort of have a have that stability mm-hmm. and sort of that prestige uh, that 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 kind of came with a legal degree you know i i hate to be superficial but you know i gotta say it like it is <laughs> yeah like, yeah you know yeah. i'm I'm uh I, I I because I'm from a uh, an Asian background. I grew up in Seoul, 
South Korea. And Mm -hmm. um, being a lawyer was one of the kind of um, jobs I was looked up to just as a society, not necessarily by my family, because I'm actually the first lawyer in my family. So it wasn't like, oh, like being a lawyer is like the be all end all. But it was one of the jobs that was looked up to. And I thought that it was something that I could um, do for the family. And Mm -hmm. of course, I did it for myself as well. But it was it's just kind of ingrained in my personal culture at least not the entire Korean culture, but just in my personal culture where I wanted to make um, part of my career something that, um, I don't know, honor the family. Um, and, yeah, um, yeah. and once I did that, I wanted to make sure that I spent the rest of my time doing something that really spoke to me. And mm-hmm. the point where I found uh, something that spoke to me and realized that healthcare was, was what was, is when I watched this video online about how to find your passion, because um, I, it was just it was just a very difficult journey trying to find my passion was, because like working on things that didn't really light me up, it, I was like really struggling with that, and I was like wondering how other people did that, and yeah. so I I told myself like I gotta find something that really drives me on a daily basis. And um, the video was talking about how if you want to find your passion, you gotta look at your pain points and. I looked at my kind of, I reflected on like the past several years in my, uh, in my life. And I come to the States alone um, Mm -hmm. from Korea. I was raised in Korea and then I came here for college and I've been living uh, ever since then. And I realized that the biggest challenge uh, while living here on my own was my health. And so Mm -hmm. that's when I decided everything that I do, whether it's being a lawyer or everything else, it's going to have to do with health. Yeah. That's interesting. Could you sort of tell us a little bit more about what what's the logic be- behind your biggest pain point relating to your passion? Like how do those two things connect? Cuz you know a lot of the listeners probably are thinking the same thing of mm-hmm. uh you know, maybe they're not totally passionate about their their legal career, which is probably why they're listening to this podcast. Yeah. Um but they don't know where else to look. So I'm intrigued about how that that piece came together for you? Yeah, yeah, that's a good question. Um, so I, uh, when I first came um, to, to the States for college, I, like shortly thereafter, I developed bulimia. And that's where you binge, eat, and then you purge right after. So like mm-hmm. you eat like, you know, days worth of food, and then you like go to the bathroom right after. And, and just throw all of that up. And it was a disorder that I didn't even realize it was a disorder until, you know, <laughs> and that's like the most dangerous part of it, right? Where if right. you are going, you, if you have an illness and you don't really realize that that's like something to be worried about, but it's like, for me, kind of like a stress reliever, number one. And number two, like I had some serious body image issues where, um, I, I just didn't feel like I was, I was, uh, 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 you know, light enough or in the right, uh, just, I just didn't feel comfortable in my body, regardless of what weight yeah. it was. And so no matter how heavy I was, or no matter how light I was, I just did not feel comfortable. And I looked to bulimia as a way of, um, finding that comfort as like somehow, like if I eat all the food that I love, and um, I get rid of all the consequences by purging, then maybe I will find uh, a space where I do feel comfortable. But I was wrong, number one. And number two, I just realized that it was a problem and it was unhealthy to the mind and the body. 
And so that happened for about seven years on and off. And I decided to uh, uh, really try to recover in the middle of law school, where I just found that it was just unsustainable if I really, really wanted to become a lawyer and have a stable job. And um, I guess just have, have a life where I don't have to do all these extra things um, um, in my schedule, right? Like, like if you have bulimia, you have to have a lot of food, you have to order food and you have to eat alone. And all of these things that made me just kind of not have a lifestyle that I wanted. And so when I did recover uh, from it through, you know, exercise uh, first and foremost and nutrition, um, Mm-hmm. I realized that, okay, I was able to overcome something like this uh, with, with exercise and nutrition. So uh, I want to be able to assist other people who might be going through something similar, like culture shock or feeling like they're alone or feeling like they're just so stressed and going through other mental health issues or concerns mm-hmm. where I will be able to support them somehow and at least let them know that they're not alone. Yeah, that that makes total sense in terms of, um, yeah, the desire to help someone, you know, with something that you had struggled with. Um, So, you know, I think a lot of people would wonder, how is it possible that you had time in your schedule? Because tell us a little bit about the, you know, how you went about becoming a personal trainer and a health coach, what went into that process for you? Because I, I imagine it is, you know, takes some time and, and effort. Yeah. Um, so per, so I wanted to get certified as a personal trainer because I just wanted to, because I was at a point, I think it was my third year of law school where I was like trying to find a job that was a good fit for me and I was struggling. And so that's when I realized I want to add uh, th- some things to my resume that I'm actually interested in and getting mm-hmm. certified as a personal trainer was one of them. I mean, some people will be like, Oh, that's just so weird and random, but I don't know. It just felt right <laughs> to me at the time. Um, and yeah. so, so you, you did that when you were still in law school then? Yeah. So, so at the end of my okay. uh, 3L year, I studied for it and right before, and I took the test right before bar prep and then I failed mm-hmm. by one question. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> and so and so then I took the bar exam and then I and then after uh, passing or while I was waiting for results I studied for it again because I was like you know there's no impending uh, uh, deadline uh, for you know there's no impending bar exam right and so then I passed after the bar exam results came out and all of that stuff and um, so once that happened um, my first year of law school I started working at a local LA fitness nearby. And uh, mm-hmm. like in the evenings after my, my day job, I was in DC at the time. And I just learned so much from all the other personal trainers that were there, um, all the experienced people, um, and just kind of developed myself as a personal trainer during the job. And then I moved to Baltimore, in the Baltimore, closer to Baltimore because of my day job. And then I realized like there's an LA fitness around me. So I got to open up shop on my own. And so I did that through like online, there's this thing called Thumbtack. And so I just posted my um, profile there, got some clients, also experienced uh, a lot of learning there. And then I kind of transitioned to focusing only on lawyers because I realized that I enjoy working with them the most because we just understand each other. And so 
that's kind of yeah. the gist of how how I I move forward. Yeah. Do you ever find that there's conflict, just timing wise, between your legal job and your personal training and health coaching? I mean, it sounds like now that you're in in Baltimore and you're doing it sort of more on a consulting basis rather than having to be at a gym certain hours, maybe you have more control over that, but is it a balance that you feel like you can maintain? Yeah. And a lot of it has to do, I I consider myself extremely lucky. Uh, when, so when I was in DC, it was a government job. So hours a little bit more strict. And so, um, I had Mm -hmm. to work like a certain number of hours, um, at the day job. And then I asked them, you know, is it possible for me to come in earlier and leave earlier so that I can be at the gym by five, five thirty, whatever it was. And, um, and then, so, so we just had that conversation and they were very gracious and they, they allowed me to do that. Um, here it's even more flexible because, um, it's not like a government position where you have to be like at the, in the office for a certain number of hours. And also, a, a huge, huge, um, bonus is that my boss is like, he's just, just so flexible and so understanding and he's just the kind of person who is has genuine interest in what I am passionate about and what I love and what like just as long as I'm getting the job done he is just infinitely respectful of whatever I need to do on my own time and so it's like for him it's like as long as you're getting the work done I have no reason to complain about or how many hours you need to be in the office um, so I'm yeah. very lucky to have a boss like that. Yeah, that that's it's amazing, but it's also encouraging to know that there are environments where you know lawyers m- might be supportive of, of of flexibility for something like this. But you know, it does require that you ask. You know, I think a lot of a lot of people would say, "Oh, they're you know, I that's not how things mm. work." I you know, because you're not going to make that time for yourself if you don't have the wherewithal to ask for it. So I think that that's a pretty impressive thing that you sort of had the confidence to, to yeah, do. Yeah, and also I, you know, I, I, I also subscribe to a lot of um, I don't know, newsletters or videos or whatever on just having that kind of good relationship with, with your boss and the company and all that stuff. And the primary thing that I've learned trying to balance um, my two, I guess, careers is that whatever ask that you make has to be also beneficial for the company. And so one thing that mm-hmm. I try to do is like, if I, if I do ask for something, um, first I have to make sure that number one, it's not going to harm the company. It's not going to take away. Like that is, a, must be a foundational kind of requirement. And the added, like mm-hmm. added thing that I can um, provide is like something else that I can, I can leverage. So like, for example, I would ask, okay, I don't need a bonus or I don't need a salary increase, but I would like flexibility instead uh, in this specific way. And the reason I'm able to do that is because I have that additional income stream as, as a coach and personal trainer. And so I try to like, I mean, it's not, it's not going to be like that from like the very beginning, but, um, but it's, it's something that I can work towards. It's a goal that I can have where I'm going to make a certain amount of money in my business so that at at some point I will be able to ask, okay, I will forego a certain amount of raise or bonus from the day job to ask for the flexibility instead of the cash. Yeah. I mean, it sounds like you were very 
mindful about each of these steps, sort of identifying what it was that you wanted to do and figuring out a way to accomplish that within the constraints that that you're comfortable with, maintaining that sort of uh, a job that has a certain level of security. Um, so, you know, I, I heard or read somewhere and you mentioned the idea of designing a life and that everything you've just described sort of sounds like that yeah. to me. Um, and I guess, you know, what does that mean to you, the designing a life? Um, it's interesting because I first heard of a concept through like a book. Someone had mentioned to me, like design your life. I know. Does yeah, there is it the one by the two Stanford yeah. professors designing. Yes, yes, yes. I, I can grab that book, but it's like in the, in the other room. But basically, we have. Yeah, I think it's called designing designing your life, and it's by two Stanford engineering professors, huh. I believe. Um, it's really yeah. Anyway, <laughs> I've read that too. It's really yeah. good. And uh, the four things that I remember from from that, because they have the main book and they have like a workbook, is like they have like four components. One is like career, one is like love, and one is like health, and the other is um, something else. And maybe like your your hobby or something like that. But I looked at it and and that kind of um, was one way to like just, just any workbook that is that relates to just kind of reflecting on what it is that you really want. Um, it's helpful because it gives you specific prompts that forces you to ask questions about things that you probably don't really have the time to think about uh, on a regular basis. And so, you know, I just thought about what I want in my career and what I want in my uh, health and what I want in my family and all of that stuff. And I just kind of looked at all the goals yeah. together and see how they fit together and then I realized that you know at first when I was in law school like deep in the middle of law school I was like oh like firm life is the only way to go that's you know that's the only way to uh, you know uh pay for all the time and energy <laughs> that you spent and yeah. money that you spent on on law school and all of that but I I after kind of going through all those exercises of designing your life um I'm looking at kind of holistically all the parts of your life, not just the money part of it. Uh, I need to look at it long-term. I need to be able to wake up every day and feel like, okay, I'm moving forward in a direction that I am comfortable with, not just um, earning money, only to spend it on, um, I don't know, things that I don't need or things that, uh, the things that, things on, on solutions to problems that the job is causing, for example. (laughs) <laughs> yes i know exactly what you mean <laughs> uh, um, so so i i that's when i decided okay i it's not about the yeah. money for my day job it's about what what really uh makes keeps me going during the time that i have to myself yeah I think that's a really interesting structure and a very thoughtful way of going about it. And because I think a lot of us feel just kind of trapped, you know, it's, I got myself deep into this and I, I am making a lot of money and it's, you do have to do some of that introspective work to, um, even come up with a plan of how to restructure things. Um, and, and maybe it's leaving the law completely, or maybe it's this, a hybrid which you've come up with that works for you but i um i think it's it's really um 
interesting how how purposeful you've been in this process. A lot of people I talk to end up somewhere they're happy, but maybe myself included, <laughs> less um, less thoughtful about it. Uh, so I think that's that's a really good lesson for people to hear. <laughs> Thank you. Um, I actually, get um, <laughs> my um, I don't know if people because some people have visceral reactions to some of the inspirations that I have, but one of my inspirations is like um, is Cardi B and because she was yeah. talking about how you know she really wanted to be a mu- musician and um she she didn't have the money she couldn't she, she had nothing basically and so she said yeah she, she had to still you know feed herself and everything so what she did was um uh, be a stripper while she was pursuing uh, this this dream um job of of being being a, sing- a singer and artist and all of that and so she worked mm-hmm. hard and you know, because of that, because she was a stripper, she was able to just kind of develop skills, like as a performer, and um, just kind of make that connection and be able to uh, build her network, also like that way. And so it could be you could you could like just find the stability in unconventional ways, and be able to also just grow your skills and your network in what you do. And that's kind of an extreme example. <laughs> yeah. A little on the extreme end, <laughs> but you know, whatever you never know, whatever works for people. So I am not a judge. Exactly. So, so like even like with my day job, like I have no plans to um to to leave it because because number one, uh, it it allows me to grow that network as a lawyer, like in the local community at least. Uh, because when I'm like mm-hmm. doing events or like doing speaking or teaching or whatever. I'm still able to identify as a lawyer, so I'm able to tell my audience, I like, I know what you're going through, like, as of this moment on a daily basis. Yeah. And so part of it is, like, for, like, like part of still being a lawyer is so that I can continue to be an effective coach. Um, at one mm-hmm. point, I, I think I, I heard this really famous baseball player, I forgot who it was, but he was saying how everything he ever does in his life is to be a better baseball player. Like what he eats, what he does in the morning, when he wakes up, uh, who he talks to, just everything he does is a step towards being a better baseball player. So that really struck me several years ago. And Mm. so I thought, you know, I got to decide what I really, how I really want to serve others or I guess make my impact in the world. And um, one way to do that is just to continue being a lawyer. But for those who are, for those who are like really, feeling like it's unsustainable. And a lot of the people that I see who are entrepreneurs uh, feel that way, like with their day jobs. And what they do is they try to start their side hustle. And when their side hustle meets um, their their day job um, salary or income level, then that's the point where they can mm-hmm. finally like resign and then kind of grow their business. Because if they have grown their business to the point where they have a regular salary that matches their day job, that it means that they are scalable and they're able to grow further. Yeah. I think it's just good to think of things as there are different options and different uh, combinations of ways that you can go about these transitions. So, um, you know, you can start with exploring something on the side and maybe you find the courage to ask for the extra time that you need. Uh, and then maybe with that, you realize you can grow something 
that could be a permanent thing. Or maybe you stay in in like you are sort of with two sides of your your mm-hmm. career. Um, but I do think it's important for people to realize that that building your career into something you want it to be doesn't have to be a dramatic quitting of your job all at once with no safety net and no idea what you're going to do. You can build these things um, as you go. It doesn't mean it's not hard, particularly when you're working crazy hours, but um, it it does, it is possible if you advocate for yourself a little bit, I think. Yes, exactly. So, so on top of being a lawyer and a personal trainer, health coach, you also have your own podcast. Maybe you could tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, it's called um, Fit to Practice. Um, I started it around, I think, June of last year. So it's been about six months, six or seven months. Um, I I had hired someone to help with my um, PR because I was just starting new and I heard somewhere somehow about like you know PR and how that's helpful and stuff and so I hired somebody mm-hmm. to kind of uh uh you know consult I guess about PR and he has suggested that I should start a podcast and um he's also he's also uh talented in like actual editing podcast stuff too mm-hmm. and so he does that for me and so really what I do is I just I just tell stories of 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 lawyers who want to talk about talk about their stories and share how they were able to work on their health um, while being an attorney because it seems so impossible and I just want to put the word out there that it is possible and it is that you do have a community that community that you can be part of and um, and that 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 I'm here for them. <laughs> what would your advice be to people who feel that they are just stretched too mm-hmm. thin? And it, yeah, it sounds nice. I'd like to go to the gym. I'd like to have time to, you know, be mindful, but they just feel overwhelmed and already mm-hmm. burnt out. What would your advice be to people just to try and do a little bit for their, their health and fitness in that situation? Mm. Yeah. So I think the first thing I would do is that is to admit that I really don't understand where they're coming from entirely because I have not been in their shoes. Mm -hmm. And so I want to admit, listen, I, I, I know that what you're struggling, like what you're going through is, it's just at another level. It's a huge challenge. Um, sometimes we really just simply do not have the time. Um, and a lot of lawyers have expressed to me, they just don't have the time to sleep. They don't have the time, not even just, they, they don't, they, of course they don't have the time to exercise, but they don't have time to eat. They don't have time to sleep, all of those things. And, you know, at the end of the day, yes, I can tell them, uh, t- teach them about like mindfulness or meditation or mindset or eating healthy or exercising and all of that stuff. And they are going to be helpful, but if, but if it's not helpful to them, it's not helpful to them. So I'm not going to sit there and be like, you know, eat more apples or exercise uh, at your desk or something if it's just not practicable. And so I think that it really all depends on their personal story and their personal journey. I want to hear exactly what their schedule looks like and what they want to do. Because if they hear advice that is not based on what they really want, then it's just going to fall on deaf ears. So, for example, if right. people, if if an if an attorney is list, who is listening to this, really has no time, does not want to eat healthy, and does not want to exercise, whatever I tell them, it's just not gonna, it's just not gonna resonate with them at all. 
And so um, I know that I'm giving you kind of a non-answer, <laughs> but I'm going to have to <laughs> like really the first step into giving effective advice is to be able to hear exactly where they're coming from and what it is that they want. Yeah. And I hear what you, you're saying, which is that you also aren't going to find the little ways to improve your health if you are telling yourself that it's not yeah. possible. Um, and look, I get it. I, I have worked those crazy hours when I was, um, and it was very hard to, to find time for your health and your, you know, eating well. Um, but it doesn't have to, again, it doesn't have to be, okay, now I spend two hours at the gym every day. It can be smaller yeah. things, right? Yeah. And uh, that's a good, yeah. that's actually, you kind of read my mind because one of the things, because we, because when it comes to health, um, it's, so let's assume that I am talking to someone who wants to change their lifestyle, right? Um, yeah. So we, we kind of feel like, like it's homework because like you said, we feel like when it comes to health, like it's just such a buzzword, healthy lifestyle. We feel like we have to be at the gym. We have to be like sweating on a treadmill and just doing all the crazy things that we don't want to do. Um, but like you said, it starts with the small stuff. Um, you do not need a treadmill. I have not used a treadmill in years. Um, I don't run and I only run when I want to. Um, yeah, I right. hate running. <laughs> um, <laughs> You'd have to really pay, pay right. me to pick that particular. Right. <laughs> so one side note, though, in terms of running, that one thing that has really helped me actually enjoy running is this um, app called, called Active. I think that's the name, Active, A-A-P-T-I-V. And um, that's like, a, I think it's like a subscription where you get to choose um like like whether it's like beginner intermediate or whatever and then you get to choose like the length also 10 minutes 15 minutes whatever and then you have all these recordings of like interval training you know right now you go up to 3.5 or go up to 6.0 and like stay here we're gonna stay here for one minute blah, blah. Yeah. and then they have like background music and all of that stuff and that really allowed me to like as corny as it was some of the recordings um it really helped yeah. me like keep myself accountable and actually enjoy um, the trainings. And it really showed me that if you just have that one person who is like cheering on for you, even if they don't even know you, it makes such yeah. a huge difference. Make it makes such a huge difference. Um, so, you know, one thing that I would suggest is to just use an app or use a tool or use a trainer or use uh, something that makes you feel better about working out. And it's okay to ask for help. A lot of the times people think, you know, I, I have to exercise and I'm so lazy for not exercising. I feel so stupid for not exercising. But how could you possibly know how to exercise if they're like, no one's like teaching you how to exercise? Um, you know, you go yeah. to the gym and see all these people like lifting weights and you feel intimidated and you just kind of use random um, machines and you feel like not really fulfilled at the end. Um, it's, it's not worth it. The gym membership is not worth it. I haven't had a gym membership in years. For example, if you have 15 minutes and you really want to sweat for 15 minutes and you have no equipment, think of like five exercises that you already know, right? You, we underestimate also yeah. how much we know. And so five we can think of right now is like squats, sit-ups, push-ups, jumping jacks, and what else? Lunges. Right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and we all know how to 
This makes me think. This makes me think of the seven minute workout, which is just seven minutes of those yeah, types of things. Yeah, those are like there are plenty of those that are free too. And so yeah. do each of those for a minute or forty seconds with twenty second rest, and then do that for do that three times. That's already fifteen minutes, and you're sweating already. And so you really, yeah. in order to get a good workout, and you do not need fancy things. You do not need a lot of time. No fancy. Uh, um, equipment or machines or weights or whatever um you just gotta start small and once you realize that you are able to sweat and feel great then you're you are going to look for things uh for other uh, ways to look for more workouts and better workouts that make you feel even yeah. better yeah i think the hard thing sometimes is just starting i mean i say that from total experience <laughs> like i am constantly having to trick myself into being (laughs) active um but you know just just allowing yourself to just let it be a little bit and then once you start being healthy it does tend to motivate you to to broaden your whether you're working out more you're eating healthier um and it doesn't have to take up a huge amount of, of your time. And like you said, even being able to do it at home cuts out the transit time to a gym, which can make all yeah. the difference if, if you are really slammed yeah. on time. And, and uh, so. one of the things that I'm, well, I'm, I'm a huge fan of is uh, James Clear, his book, Atomic Habit, Habits. And oh, one yeah. of the things that, that's my favorite in that book is um, set up like the two minute rule. Where like if you if you are set on running or if you are set on working out like in the morning or something, then set a habit that literally takes two minutes. So like wake up at I don't know seven a.m. and go downstairs and put on your shoes. That literally takes two minutes. And so yeah. you don't even need to require yourself to go run or go exercise. All you need to do is put on your shoes. That's all you need to do. And that's like the, the micro step that you need um, to, to get started on that habit. And you, you, can, you, yeah. can, you are free to take off your shoes right after and then go back upstairs. <laughs> even i could probably pull that one off <laughs> right uh, but you're gonna be like oh, okay i have my shoes on so i'm probably gonna go like why don't, why don't i just just get out the door and start on. yeah and um in yeah. terms of food just on a brief note um if you want to make yeah. changes on food um it's very important to learn how to learn how to listen to your body and the way you can do that if you're completely starting from scratch is to keep a journal and i know that you know everybody says to keep a journal but you only have to do this for a week and just literally write down what you've what you've eaten and then write out mm-hmm. like how you feel right after and hours after just a really brief note mm-hmm. and this has worked for people that i've worked with and so that's why I am advocating for this and also has worked for me and just, just chronicling what it is that you feel um, and having that paused to really connect with your body yeah. and listen to what it's saying after yeah. you eat a bag of Cheetos or after you eat um, a salad or whatever, how you feel and do that for a week. Yeah. Ideally two weeks because your taste buds takes about two weeks to adjust. Um, and then realize uh see see where where your body is like if it's feeling the worst after a high salt meal if it's feeling the worst after a high fat meal or a high sugar meal or whatever those kind of you right. know toxic things are um just start with one 
Like if you feel like it's sugar, yeah. that's really just getting getting your gut. I mean, they're all harmful for your gut, but I'm I'm never going to advocate for cutting everything all at the same time because it's just going to overload your system. So cut one, yeah. and then again from there, another two weeks where you um, really cut sugar, for example, and then after the two weeks, mm-hmm. you're going to start to not crave sugar as much anymore because you're all of your taste buds will have renewed by that time and it's going to have adjusted to kind of like that blander less sweeter food mm-hmm. and um it's really it's if you have the ability to make adjustments that you're already doing like it's like you're already eating food you're already eating three meals a day so all you have to do mm-hmm. is switch it out and have have um I don't know, switch Coke for water, for example, or switch fruit for candy. And so it's all about switching. It's not about, yeah. not about spending additional time other than the journaling part and making that yeah. transition within a few weeks and you'll be able to make other switches that are healthier for your body. Yeah. yeah. I mean, we need to get wrapping up, but I guess sort of the common theme I hear through whether it's um, thinking about what you want to do in your career or or getting healthy, it's it it all starts with being purposeful and um, really taking a little bit of time to to think about how you're approaching these things rather than to just let life kind of sweep yeah. you up. <laughs> um, so, okay, Angela. Well. Uh, let us know where we can find and I want you. To add. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. And go the for thing it. is, if you do, I mean, I'm a huge believer of exercise and nutrition being uh, good for your mental health. So I'm going to say this as that person who, with that belief. Um, so I'm hoping mm-hmm. that listeners are also, you know, adopting that belief as well. And if you are, my my the principle or like. I guess the thought that I have in my mind is that if you are optimizing your mental health, like you're, you're clearing out all the toxins in your body uh, through a healthier lifestyle, then you're able to be in better touch uh, with what your mind wants. So if you are clearing up the, the neural pathways between your mind and your body, you'll be able to kind of have a better time finding out, excavating what it is that you really want in your career outside of just simple, uh, healthy lifestyle. Yeah, I think that is, that is, I'm glad you interrupted me to, to say that because I actually think that's an incredibly important, important point. Um, so, all yeah. right. So now where can people <laughs> find you? So uh, my email is Angela at Angela-Han.com. My website is Angela-Han.com. And um, I'm on LinkedIn most of the time. I post almost mm-hmm. almost every day on weekdays. And so if you mm-hmm. want to see pictures of my cat for <laughs> only sometimes, <laughs> only sometimes. But I, and, and, and the podcast is on oh, yeah. iTunes, Fit for Fit Practice. practice uh, on, on iTunes or Spotify or wherever you listen to podcasts. And um, on LinkedIn, I do do kind of try to add value and talk about health and advice on how to fit in health into your busy lifestyle exclusively for lawyers and all of that stuff i try to post helpful content so linkedin is where you can find me and connect with me okay great well thank you so much absolutely thank you for having me okay of course